Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the family with Andy Brabernard. And that'll do it, ladies and gentlemen. Special guest coming up later on this hour. Kick things off with the family. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw and Bryant. So what's the latest? The well, latest is we're representing people who are injured through no fault of their own. Uh, people come to us, we talk to them about what their rights are. We talk to them about things that, you know, adjusters would call them up and ask them about. And we represent people in order to get them justice for the injured. And have been for a long time. Very, very successful. No question. I, I, you know, I do meet a lot of your clients. They come up to me on the street and whatever, and they talk about this, that, or the other thing. And they both say, why do you guys hang out with Doug Sprinthal? <laughs> and I just had no answer. For <laughs> he just looks away, you big baby. In any case, that's the whole deal. So people, they got any problem whatsoever, personal injury or other legal problems, whatever, they just reach out to Brad, Sean, Bryant. Yeah, Joe and I have both been president of the trial lawyers for the state, so we talk to people about all sorts of issues. The consultation is always free, and that's what we do. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant. Tom here for my friends at Walzer Automotive Group with some exciting news. Walzer is rolling out Walzer Care on new and most used cars they sell in Minnesota. Well, Walzer Care is a powertrain warranty with coverage for 10 years or 150,000 miles. Powertrain coverage is like major medical coverage for your car. Engines, transmissions, all the really expensive stuff is covered. In addition, Walzer Care includes 24-hour roadside assistance. Lock your keys in your car, run out of gas, have a flat tire. Guess what? Walzer has your back. The best thing about Walzer Care, it's free with purchase. That's right, I said free. So, if you're shopping for a new or used Subaru, Honda, Nissan, Mazda, Toyota, Buick, GMC, Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, Ram, Hyundai, or Chevrolet, see my friends at Walzer. And get Walzer Care for free. See? Little Beatles. Nothing better than that. Uh, Andy, maybe you can explain this to me because I guess I don't... I don't know what the hell this is all about, but... Uh, the third day of President Trump's impeachment trial ended with uh, lead impeachment manager, Representative Adam Schiff, making an emotional plea to Senate Republicans. The Democrat warned that the president will continue to put his own interests first if he is allowed to remain in office. Yeah, because no, no other president ever did that. Uh, you know, you can't trust this president to do what's right for this country like you could any other president in history. Schiff said, warning that Trump would be likely unlikely to stop Russian interference in this year's election. He told senators that Trump should be removed because right matters, because right matters and truth matters. Otherwise, we are lost. Uh, so here's the deal. After Democrats made their case that Trump abused his power, Republicans complained that they were hearing repetitive arguments the Washington Post reports, we're hearing the same things over and over and over, said Trump lawyer Jay Sekulow. White House officials said that when Republicans argue their case, Sekulow will address reporters as part of an aggressive PR strategy. I don't know. The, Andy, you're 33 years old. Are you sick to death of this? I've been sick to death of it for quite a while. Since the day it started? Yeah. I mean, even before that, honestly. People calling. Yeah, I people think have been calling knows. for his impeachment basically since the day he was elected, and it's just like yeah, they have you know four years of nonstop harping, and then yes. it finally happens and it doesn't go anywhere, and it's just like I don't know. Honestly, if he gets impeached or not, either way, I'm happy because it's over. Because <laughs> it'll come to an end. Yeah, they can just I understand. Shut up about it. Although, but then. 
Pence is going to be president. They're not going to be happy about that. So, well, that's what I'm kind of wondering. That do you really want to get rid of Trump? With you know, because Pence is a hell of a lot more conservative than Trump. Yes, is. he certainly is. So I don't know what the deal is, but yeah, I, I yeah, I just read the headline and what the latest is on it, and then move on from there because I think people are just sick to death of it. I really do. I do think you're right about that. It's like really, this is uh, every day and everything sucks. You know what happened today? I was reading, uh, you know, the Newser, the news delivery service. Mm-hmm. Uh, they reported, and you know what? Let me let me go back there and see if I can find it, if it's still up there. Because if it's still up there, somebody dropped the ball, or they're doing it on purpose. Because I saw a headline on Newser today. Let me scroll down. It has to do with. Uh, okay, talk amongst yourselves. What the hell? What was it listed under again? Oh, oh, here it is. Dow slips. Dow slips while other indexes tick up. Okay. Mm-hmm. So this is from Newser. Dow slips while others tick up. It's a mixed day of trading for Wall Street. Talking about yesterday, right? Right. Okay. Well, let me read something to you and, and see if you can uh, figure this out. Because it's still there, which means they did it on purpose. Because if it was a mistake or an accident, they would have taken it down and changed it by now. Wouldn't you agree? They've had 12 hours. Well, depends on how incompetent they are. Actually, you've had more than 12 hours. They've had uh, almost 21 hours to, to correct it, and they didn't do it. So it means they did it on purpose to mislead people. Wall Street closed the books on a mixed day of trading Thursday as gains in technology companies offset declines elsewhere in the market. Investors continue to monitor developments in the international effort to keep a deadly new virus outbreak in China from spreading further and potentially hurting the global economy. Markets across Asia slumped early. The Dow fell 26 points to 19,160. Okay, what's wrong with that story? Do you know? Do you follow the stock market? Uh, very, very loosely. Okay, well, th- no, I'll read some to you again. That's uh, what it says, yeah. I'm trying to think. You know where it really is? Wasn't it over 20, like recently? Uh, the Dow fell by 26 points. That part's true, but it fell to 29.160, not 19.160. Uh, I was going to say, that sounds a little low. So hmm. here's what I'm saying, basically. If, if, they, if it was just a mistake, the fact that they didn't check their work, they didn't proofread their work, they just put that garbage up there. <clears throat> I, I just don't like it when the news media misleads people. And if it wasn't on purpose, why haven't you fixed it in 21 hours? There's no law right? that says that they have to be accurate is the problem. Oh, I know. There no, used I, to I agree, be, but, but there isn't anymore. So it's like you make a mistake, why bother fixing it? No one's going to do anything about it. Well, it's going to terrify some people because some people care. are going to think that over the last couple of months it fell 10,000 points. That would be good news for just, potential investors. $10,000 yeah, off. Yeah. I suppose that's true, yeah. But I, I just – I really wish the news media wouldn't lie to people like that. I, I It just – like I Why said, do you have to do that? Unless there's regulations that say they can't lie, they're going to lie. And that's true of anything, really. You know, any profession. Oh, everybody's liar now. They're going to do the least amount of work they legally are allowed to do. Yeah, you're right about that. They are. And it, nobody ever checks their work anymore. It's just how it is. But I saw that and I went, people are going to be very uneasy seeing that. And some people won't bother to go check and see if it's even true. They'll just believe it. Yep. Matter of fact, the uh, the uh, stock market's down again today a few points. It's down from 29.160 to 29.20, so it's down about 100 and 139 points. But we'll see where that comes from. Uh, where that goes, I mean, not where it comes from, but well, actually, where it goes. So this was on Newser? Yeah. I wonder. Cause it was posted been... yesterday at 3.07. You can check the comments, and I'm wondering if people are going to be like, wow, is it really that low, or are they going to think for themselves Ooh. and look it up? Yeah, I could do that. That's a good idea. Mm. That's a good idea that uh, because they do have comments and news are on pretty much every story, so I will go back to the story and see uh, Although in my see what the commenters have to say. News or commenters tend to be like the same 10 people fighting with each other, so... They do love to fight with. Them. Yeah, they do. You're right. Sure do. They love to fight with another quite a, one another quite a bit, and I don't know why that is that they love to fight so much. But okay, uh, are there any comments? Yes, there are comments. And so, oh, there are only eight comments total, though. Mm. There are eight comments total on a national news story. That's very odd. I think someone had better proof their work. The Dow was at twenty nine eight two eighty eight today. 
Meanwhile, the deficit increased by $3 trillion over the past three years. That's quite the batting average. Oh, really? Uh, because you do real. And again, I don't have a dog in this fight. I'm not anti-Obama and I'm not anti-Trump. <laughs> but our, our debt went up by, what, $11 trillion in the eight years that Obama was president? Yeah, I think... Why don't you check your facts before... Well, there you go. I think when Obama what? was president, that might have been the biggest debt. Yeah, that was the biggest debt increase in U.S. history by quite a bit. Yeah, and so so to say $1 billion a year is something new, it's not. Well, it's not, Ob- or $1 trillion, excuse me. Yeah, Obama, it went up, let's see, uh, just Eight, about... $8.6 trillion. Yeah, just about $1 trillion a year. But before that, yeah, yeah it Bush, did. it only went up... Let's see. Well, it's hard to say because they colored this weird. Let me find a better one. Oh, here's what I like, though. Uh, so it says here, uh, meanwhile, the deficit re- increased by $3 trillion over the past three years. is quite a batting average. Uh, then somebody replies to that. Barack Obama added eight and a half, uh, or $8.6 trillion, a 74% increase from the $11.6 trillion debt at the end of Bush's last budget. That's a real batting average record that will never be beaten. So, yeah, you can't write things like, oh, look how bad, when when your guy was even worse. Oh, yeah. Um, it, there's uh, the, um, here's the thing. The number that matters is debt-to-GDP yes. ratio. That's correct. Yeah, Which, because, exactly. you know, a trillion dollars is a, not necessarily a trillion dollars. You know, if New right. Zealand owed a trillion dollars, that would be a real problem. But a nation that has trillions and trillions of dollars being generated every year one trillion is nothing so you have to look at the ratio and for the first time in at least 50 years the debt to gdp ratio went over 100 percent in looks like 2013 Mm -hmm. so before Mm -hmm. that our debt to gdp ratio was below 100 so you know no matter how much we owed we still had the money to pay it back and then some now is the first time in recent history where we owe more than we have, and it happened under Obama. And I'm not going to say it's his fault because it's not that simple, but... No, it's not that simple. To, You're absolutely right. You have to, you know, look at the uh, the big picture. Yep, you're absolutely. I got to read this because of something you said earlier. This is hilarious. So the Barack Obama thing, they said, uh, you know, seventy four percent, seventy four percent increase, eight point six trillion. Uh, then Slim to none, who said the three trillion over the three years. Slim to none then says less than three trillion over eight years. Actually, according to the most accurate way of calculating how presidential policy affects the deficit. Oh, so in no. other words. He's just not going by the raw numbers. He's going by, well, that's, let's look at how we look at it. Mm-hmm. Apparently, you, descri- you subscribe to the inaccurate method one calculation, but hey, I'm willing to engage you, with you in a recalculation of the Trump effect so that we can find his true handicap on the back nine. Then Norsadine or Norsaduin or whatever says 26 points down. Really nothing to see here. Move along. Then S.P. Harriod said... Are you going to behave yourself in this incarnation? So exactly what you talked about. They started going after each other. Of course. That's what they do. <laughs> it's hilarious. They just go after each other. Look, you're, both your guys are not angels. Both you guys were not perfect people. Just let it go. Calm down. Uh, Citrix. Ugh. I always uh, have to kill a million of their stupid services on my virtual machine. What's Citrix. C-I-T-R-I-X. What is that? I don't even know what that is. It's people-centric solutions for a better way to work. Oh, God-ish. Oh, it's Uh, virtualization kind of stuff. Just like business. Things that big businesses need, basically. What time do you need me out by, Andy? Uh, We got a bit. Let's see. Like how many minutes? Time specifically. I'd say we have another four. Okay, perfect. I just want to make sure I got that because if we, well, you know, we'll probably go a few more minutes of that so we can run the spots and butt right up against the 1130 uh, guest. Oh, time. yeah. That would make sense for me. You have a great guest coming up. As a matter of fact, we've had him on before. Really, really good guest on this morning yeah. to talk about how all of this stuff, all the stuff like white privilege and this and that and the other thing is all BS, which, again, everybody knew that. The only privileged people in the world are the ones who already have money. Those are the privileged people. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk about that. Um, so in any case, it, it's just one of those situations where people, I think, I think you're right. I think everybody's sick to death of it. I'm, I'm sick about the lying. I'm sick about the misdirection. Uh, you know, 
As I've said before, I went back trying to find a president that I liked, and I never found one. Jimmy Carter was a nice man, but he was a terrible president. Uh, I think George Bush is a nice man, but he wasn't that great a president. Mm-hmm. He, I don't know. They're doing the best they can. They, look, one thing you have to understand about the president, they're, they're coming at him from all sides nonstop for four years. It is not an easy job to do. Yeah. So we do have to understand that the, the people need to understand that these guys, it's nonstop people hammering at them. So, you know, it's okay. It'll all work out in the end, don't you think? I will. Indeed, ladies and gentlemen, indeed. God, oh, Jesus. I was looking at, somebody just sent this to me, as a matter of fact. Listed for $26.5 million, the property has a 5,000-square-foot basement. The entire basement is a massive collection. I mean massive, full-size figures. A Star Wars-themed basement. The entire basement, other than a pool table and a foosball table, it's all Star Wars. And I'm talking about full-size characters. What are the, what are the fighters called again? The TIE Fighters the or X-Wings? Something, yeah, whatever the, the hell it is. But Most likely. Something like that. Yeah, so you want to buy a $26.5 million house and just see if you, you want to keep all the Star Wars figures in the basement, I guess. I, I don't know. So he's leaving whatever. the figures in the He's including them in the sale? Uh, apparently, it's all included in the sale. That's that's what uh, the implication is, anyway. That's weird. I don't know. It's just, it's not something I'd be real interested in myself, to tell you the mm. truth. But, you know, did you like Star Wars? Oh, you said you've only seen two of them. No, I've seen all but two. Oh, all but two. I haven't seen see. the two most recent ones. Are you going to do that? Mm. I don't know if I care. Probably enough. not. I don't know. Yeah, that's the whole problem. I saw the first as soon as they brought out the puppets, I was like, I'm done. The Ewoks. Those Ewoks or whatever the hell. they were called Ewoks, weren't they? Yeah, I think. I wasn't a fan of the Ewoks. No, it's just whatever. It's it is what it is and uh what the hell. What the hell indeed is all I have to say to any of these people. But uh God, you got all these stories about people man, people have lost their minds. I'm literally looking over the news stories of the day, and I'm having a real hard time doing it because it's just nonstop bitching mm-hmm. is pretty much what the stories are today. The news stories are, in any case. Um, there's some pretty interesting interesting things locally that have happened, as a matter of fact. Uh, God, what the hell is this? New Orleans Saints fight to shield emails in Catholic abuse crisis. What the hell does that mean? What would the New Orleans Saints have to do with that? Uh, it must mean there must be some different kind of New Orleans. I mean, like or literal saints from New Orleans. Yeah, maybe. But yeah, maybe literally. Who is the um, most recent saint? I wonder. I have no idea. Hmm. I, I have no idea who they the newest still, saint or the most recent. They still make them. Christian saints since AD three hundred. Let's see, date of birth. Sort by. Looks like the most recent one was born in nineteen twenty-two. And who's that? Gianna Mola, who is... Well, what is Gianna Mola all about? Let's see. He was a Catholic pediatrician. Oh, he was? Uh, and he's a saint now? And he was besainted or whatever in 2004, which was 42 years after he died. Oh, that's unbelievable. I don't think they canonize live people ever. I don't really know. Probably sure, not. Though. Melissa would probably, well, Mar- actually, she probably wouldn't because she doesn't know anything about Catholicism, really. Oh, yeah, well, there you go. Um, how about Mother Teresa? Is she make it yet? <clears throat> Mother Teresa? I think she's yeah, a saint. Yeah, is she a saint yet? She? Was she? I thought she was, but I'm not sure. She was sure. after AD 300. Uh, yes. Uh, yes, yeah, she was. I don't know. Let's see, there's yeah, well. Therese of Lisieux. I don't think that's her, though. Yeah, I don't think it is. No, that is I do not know. Someone I don't know. I don't think. No, don't probably think not she yet. Was sainted or whatever. You're probably right. It probably hadn't happened yet. I don't know if this is good news for the people of Edina, but Galleria and Edina is for sale, and the deal could mean big changes. After eight years under Heinz, a new owner could speed redevelopment of the Gabbert's space. The Twin Cities' most opulent shopping center, Galleria and Edina, is for sale. Its owner, Houston-based Heinz, listed the center as part of a plan by parent company Heinz Global Reit Incorporated. 
to sell all or most of its assets. The Chicago office of commercial real estate firm Jones Lang LaSalle has the listing. As stewards of this premier shopping center since 2012, we are proud of the way we have elevated it through the exciting mix of retailers and restaurants, upgrades and expansions. Sergeant Johnson, managing director of asset management at Hines, said in a statement, so, yeah, it looks like, uh, well, Dick Gronus or Groans, Gronus mm-hmm. at Cambridge Commercial Realty in Edina wasn't surprised Heinz decided to sell. Every five to seven years, they redeploy their money and put it into something else. It's a strategy they've been doing for years. Heinz has owned the Galleria since 2012, bought it for $127 million from uh, the mall's original developers, Gabbert and Beck. So that is that Gabbert's furniture, I'm assuming. I'm assuming that's who it is anyway. We better take a break. Be right back in a couple minutes. Special guest coming up next with the family. Tom Bernard here, and with me is the CEO of North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski. Tell me, Michael, I was reading on your website that one of your bankers has worked with a customer for more than 30 years. It's a long time for any business relationship. Is that common? Not only 30 years, but two generations. Our great client, Northland Fastening Systems. 30 years is definitely not common for a lot of bankers, but Brad has developed a relationship with that trusted customer that has allowed them to show steady growth every year they've been together. Building the relationship of trust is what we do best. It allows us to make quick deals that benefit them and all of our business customers. The cool thing is that it gives us a chance to be more than your banker, hopefully a partner, and maybe even a friend. I have never liked you, by the way. Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience? Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Thanks, friend. And you are? (laughs) Real nice. Chuck Nabla. (laughs) Chuck Nabla. 2020 never looks so good. Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Cataract. With 2020 upon us, it's time to ditch the contacts and pitch the glasses. Take it from me. It's one of the best things you can do for yourself in the new year. I've never looked back from having LASIK myself, and with Dr. Whiting's unsurpassed experience, you can trust you're amongst the best in the business. Call 855-554-2020 or visit whitingclinic.com online to schedule your free LASIK consultation. The great people at Whiting Clinic will take fantastic care of you, just like they did for me. Call 855-554-2020 or visit whitingclinic.com online to schedule your free LASIK consultation. Imagine 2020 or better in 2020. And let 2020 be your best year yet with LASIK at Whiting Clinic. LASIK results may vary. Talk to your Whiting Clinic doctor about your individual outcome potential. Oh, listen to Andy playing that classic rock. Mm-hmm. Is that Simon and Garfunkel? Fred Carter Jr. Who is it? Whoever that is. It says Fred Carter Jr. Oh, he might, he covered it probably. Oh, or maybe All right, he wrote we're good the to go. original. Maybe, maybe, I do have maybe a quick did. correction. Thanks to Officer Dave, uh, okay. Mother Teresa was canonized in 2016. It's pretty recent. Well, she was, so she is a saint. Mm-hmm. There you go. Officer Dave would know that. It's absolutely true. Yeah. Taboo, 10 facts you can't talk about. Wilfred Riley. Hello, Mr. Ryle. How are you? Pretty good. How are you guys? Nice talking to you again last time we talked uh, when your last uh, book came out, Hate Crime Hoax. I was fascinated by the subject because I've been uh, in radio for uh, 49 years. Next year, okay. 50 years, right? And I do a talk show. I, I do a morning talk show. You've been on that talk show before, the KQRS Morning Show in Minneapolis. We had you on, as a matter of fact, when Hate Crime Hoax came out. What I love about talking to you, Mr. Riley, is the fact that uh, I, I suffer from all of this all the time things you can't talk about even though they're true well how did we get there is it okay if i just call you wilfred yeah sure that's fine uh, most of my friends call me will will would be good i'll call you will will riley yeah, will, will so so will how did we get to this i was just i'll give you an example what i'm talking about and then i just want to shut up and hear you talk about it because i love <laughs> your take on things there's a news delivery services uh called newser right and, you you know, if you're on radio, you check these news delivery services for the latest stories and all the rest of it. And there's a story in news about the stock market going down 26 points yesterday. For the past 21 hours, it says in the story that the stock market, the Dow, went down 26 points to 19,160. Now, of course, the stock market's at 29,160. 
but it has said on their website for the past 21 hours that the stock market is 19160 some people are going to see that and believe it you do uh-huh. know that this is getting to be really annoying will I, I don't know how much longer we can deal with this uh, I also have, have had discussions with people about the very things you're about to talk uh, about today, you know, the white privilege thing and the this. Well, you know what? As I said, I will just shut up because the last time we had you on, it just fascinated me because, well, well, I run into a lot of kickback because I speak my mind. I do not lie. I do not make things up. I will not kowtow to other people. And people do not like that at all, Will. I'm not surprised. So I think that the first thing that you're saying right off the top there is uh, something actually very important. Just because something's in the media doesn't mean that it's true. I mean, oh, yeah. I invest in the market, and the Dow hasn't been below 20000 for, you might correct us, but eight years, something like that. <laughs> so Exactly. If you are a person that takes what basically if you're a person that takes what you see in the news blindly and at face value you're often going to be lied to and what we're really what we're talking about here isn't really the stock market although that was a great intro it's some of these claims that are made politically on left and less often but still fairly frequently on right that are obviously false but that you are simply not supposed to notice are nonsensical and so the the topic of this book taboo is the 10 things that you're really not supposed to say at a dinner party, but that everyone kind of knows. And the goal is sort of giving people ammunition so they can actually discuss these topics. But although this ended up not being a full chapter, for example, I talk about the question of whether men can simply decide to become women. Um, I talk about the Black Lives Matter movement, which dominated kind of upper middle class media and conversation for a good two years, and which it turns out was wrong about almost everything. There are less than a thousand people killed by police in a typical year. LEOs are pretty well trained. And of those, maybe a third are going to be African American. I talk about interracial crime in general. I mean, there's not a lot of it at all. Uh, 85% of white murder victims and an astonishing 94% of black murder victims are killed by somebody of their own race, generally, that they knew. Person most likely to kill you is your ex wife. So I talk about that, why we're so afraid. And I also mentioned in passing, and this I guess would be genuinely taboo, that when interracial crime does occur, it's actually about 70 to 80 percent black on white. So I talk about interracial crime. I talk about Black Lives Matter. I talk about the trans movement. Um, I have a chapter on white privilege, actually, where I talk about that and the idea of cultural appropriation. And I oh, think sure. I make some good jokes, but I also get into the actual research there. And what we tend to find in quantitative social science is that they're about... 20 or 30 things that affect how you're going to be treated in life, and race is about number eight on that list, whether you're white or black. Uh, Number one Mm -hmm. is social class. The main thing that makes people think you're rich and powerful is being rich and powerful. Mm -hmm. Um, That's (laughs) number one by a long shot. About 80% of privilege is just class. But, I mean, there's some other things. Uh, Men do have some advantages over women. Uh, It's a bit tougher to be gay, especially in an urban area. You know, mm-hmm. being from the north gives you some advantages over being from the south. You know, there's IQ, height, weight. So only after you get through all that do you really get into the impact of, say, being Cuban. So I talk about that. I talk about cultural appropriation. You know, so on down the line, race and IQ. All the things you're not supposed to talk about, at least in that social science dinner party setting, are, uh, are tackled in the book. I think pretty intelligently. Oh, I, don't, I would not argue that for one second. Um kind of a coincidence since you're, you're on today uh i as i said i do a morning talk radio show as well and we had a comedian in big j okerson who's a very very funny comedian oh, yeah. was in studio and he said i gotta tell you something tom this just happened and it never happened before he said uh, on stage last night at uh the comedy club i mentioned that i had to get home and go to bed because i was getting up to do your show today and a guy yelled out tom bernard sucks and he said, why do you think that happened? I said, why? Because I, I talk about things like uh, what you just talked about. What I do is I go, and by the way, I triple check stats on three different sites about white privilege, about cultural appropriation, about crime, about all these different things. Since I begin talking about exactly what you're talking about, some people hate my guts, man. I'll tell you that. Oh, they don't like it. Isn't that amazing? 
Yeah, it is. And I think that's actually really interesting in terms of the context of that being the comedy club, mm-hmm. because comedy seems to right. be the one sector where people are just saying, and this is true for black comics, white comics, it's true for conservative comics like Cat Larry the Cable Guy or Norm MacDonald. People are just saying, look, our whole business is basically telling ethnic jokes. Like, we're not going to stop telling jokes because we're offending you. So comedy right. is kind of that last line where comedians like Kevin Hart and so on have just said, to hell with it. You know, I'll turn down a major opportunity rather than literally cut out everything that's a white joke or a black joke or a gay joke out of my routine. And my, right. my reaction to that tends to be good for the comedians. I couldn't imagine anything worse than listening to social justice comedy. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Allowed, you're not allowed to clap. You just need to do that thing with your fingers in the air and so on. Actually, I've listened <laughs> to social justice comedy, I guess. I listened to the Hannah Gadsby special once with a date, and it was oh, yeah. an interesting yeah. experience. I mean, I don't know if I'd call it comedy. But, uh, right. anywho, yeah, the the basic idea that these things are taboo is very real. Uh, I, I don't think, I mean, Big J is a member of a comedy group called Legion of Skanks, so I don't really think he cares. <laughs> exactly. It, it doesn't surprise me that one guy in the crowd was woke enough to yell that out. Though It's always this sort of virtue signal. I mean, you're not going to go on stage and challenge a 300-pound comedian about what he's saying. You just sort of uh, make no. your noise and then move on. But, uh, yeah, many of these ideas getting to the point are pretty silly. I mean, if cultural appropriation were real, I couldn't wear shoes. You know, the civilized African tribes <laughs> wore robes and sandals, not pants and sneakers. So, like, I mean, my car is a Mercedes, not boasting or complaining. Just, like, if you couldn't take something from another culture, I'd have to give that back to the Germans. You know, yes, trade it in for a Cadillac right. or something. So, I mean, it, the idea that you can't take things from other societies is absolutely asinine. That would include sushi, hibachi, tandoori, chicken soccer, football. Nobody actually believes this. It's just something you can say to look woke. Right. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right about that. I, I, exactly what you're talking about. You know, one of the things that really got people's head spinning is is we had, we had a couple of people calling and go, you know, I want to I want to talk about cultural appropriation and I want to talk about you know white men in America. I said only white men. They said yes, white men in America. You know, you've been in control forever and you've botched it and it's been horrible and blah 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 blah. I said, so you want to go after white men? You mentioned cultural appropriation. Get off your phone. Don't listen to the radio. Don't watch television. Don't use your computer. Don't use any of that stuff. And all the people, including people in the Middle East, like in Iran, they're hopping on all that wonderful digital stuff uh, and then saying that basically America sucks. I I don't understand how you can do both. Well, because you're just a hypocrite. I mean, now, in reality, I will say (laughs) white men, of course, have made great contributions to society. But cultural appropriation is a stupid-ass idea for anyone. I mean, exactly. if you're talking about this from a Northern European perspective, an Irishman or a Scotsman or whatever, it is cultural appropriation to be a Christian or to engage in farming because those things come from the Middle East. Right. So, I mean, yep. it, no one takes this idea seriously. Mm. Cultural appropriation is literally just a way to look woke. If cultural appropriation were a real thing, if you actually want to take this seriously, if cultural appropriation were a real thing and you're using the standard academic definition, no one could do anything. Whites couldn't eat sushi. Blacks couldn't eat tacos. Even if you use that kind of narrower definition that is breaking it down to it's rude to take something from a group you once oppressed or warred with, that still would block, say, 75% of everything, rather, if not 100%. I mean, the USA fought shooting wars with Japan and Mexico, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, so that, exactly. that's pretty much where the idea stops. But if you if you want to take it a step further, I mean, cultural appropriation logically wouldn't just seem to apply across racial lines. I mean, so can you listen sure. to anything invented by any oppressed group? I mean, you know, country music or hip-hop come from poor communities. Electronic dance music comes from gay communities. So anyone trying to actually do this would wind up with just the bowl of unseasoned potatoes that their black or Irish ancestors would have eaten 400 years ago. And nobody's going to do that. What they're going to do is point at one or two highly visible things like white party girls with dreadlocks and attempt to act like they're making a social statement, but they're not. No, absolutely true. How is life, by the way, uh, you know, Professor Will is with us today, uh, Kentucky State University, historically black institution. You're a black man in America today. Is it worse for you because you want to tell the truth? No, not really. That's actually a fairly important point I want to make. There's a big difference between this BS on Twitter and real life. I mean, Mm. 
I mean, in reality, I'm a 200-pound former athlete. I'm not extraordinarily tough, but I'm a pistol instructor as a side job. I'm pretty popular in my community, city of about 100,000. So, I mean, mm -hmm. I've never in actual life had someone come up to me and even use profanity when they were disagreeing with me. And nope. when I talk to people that have been in, quote-unquote, the business, that are conservative talk show hosts or left-leaning comedians or something, that's pretty much what they all say. So in practice, life's been extraordinarily good. I mean, I wrote a best-selling book, and they paid me for it. Um, I guess you could argue that Twitter is a little awkward. Like, every time I go on, I have people kind of standing for me from the center right. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I mean, they're just expressing their opinion. Or tossing mm -hmm. darts mostly from the left. But, I mean, the way to avoid cyberbullying, to some extent, is just to turn off the computer if you're an adult male. So, I mean, in, in practice, right. reality... No, absolutely nothing negative has happened. I've gotten a couple of consulting opportunities, and I am writing a second book, actually. I mean, obviously, Taboo's coming out. So I don't, in practice, if you write a, you know, scholarly right-of-center book, nothing happens. I mean, there aren't mobs outside George Will's house. <laughs> George Will. I, you know, I haven't heard that name in a while. What happened to George Will? He kind of disappeared. He watches a lot of baseball now, I guess. I, I, I yeah, he a does. copy of yeah, my he book. Yeah. And he, he basically is just out of the game. There are a lot of people that just get to that point, left and right, former military, former trading floor, whatever, where they're just like, the hell with it, I'm going to live on a farm. Like, John Stewart now is uh, caring for endangered animals on a farm out east somewhere. So it's just yeah, sort of right, you get tired exactly of people right. shouting at you. You're for Stewart or Will. I mean, you're a centi-millionaire, so you just go the hell back to the Hamptons and relax. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's exactly yeah, my what the situation life. is. I grew up on a farm for the first 18 years. I moved to the city, and now I'm. We're, my family's going to be moving back out to uh, South Dakota in a, like probably 10, 15 years because it's just things are just you know. There's less crime. There's less pollution. There's less hate. Yeah. No, I mean I think that that's um. It, it's interesting because it's a cycle. Like when I was a kid, mm -hmm. I mean first of all I grew up. In a city, I grew up on the south. I was born on the south side of Chicago. Grew up on the east side of Aurora, but still, those are kind of like the working class, real human neighborhoods of those cities. And I kind of couldn't wait to get out and go to a competitive college, join the army, or move downtown to the bright lights or whatever. And then, as an adult, if after you've been in the game for fifteen or twenty years, you're often disgusted with it. Yeah, you just want to relax and watch your vegetables grow. Mm -hmm. But. That cycle has gone on for a long time. I mean, there was a recruiting flyer for the old Roman legions that said, you know, excuse the language, the translation is pretty much, are you tired of walking behind the ass end of a horse? You know, go fight. <laughs> yeah. And that's pretty much the pitch for a lot of militaries today, not to mention every modeling agency and ad agency in a big city. But once you've lived in center city San Francisco for 15 years, I mean, there, it might well look like there's nothing better for you than bountiful Utah. Oh, yeah, so much vice, yeah, and yeah, it's there's a lot of awful things that almost exclusively go on in cities is the problem. And there doesn't have to be. Cities can be, I mean, you know, look at places like Tokyo, you know, Yakuza notwithstanding. It's, it's clean, there's low crime, it's way too many people per square mile, but other than that, you know, cities don't have to be bad, they just seem to be in the West. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the response to that, like the city boy defense, because I'm still mid-30s, I mean, I've moved from Chicago to like a state capital city that's pretty big. The defense of a city would be that there are also good things that go on in cities oh, that don't go on anywhere else. If you want to take someone to the ballet on a good second date, that's not something that's necessarily going to occur if you're, you know, living on a sheep farm. No. Um, but yeah, cities right now, cities again go through cycles. I mean, as a social scientist, I say this about almost everything. But there's no inherent reason cities have to be unlivable hellholes. But there are certain patterns. Like, mm -hmm. if you have a city that has a high population of poor individuals, and that has a lot of ethnic diversity, which can produce fist fighting and robbery and so on, and that has public transportation that allows people to go across the city, has any of the things our cities have? You also need sort of a strong law and order leader, or the yes. city is going to kind of descend into chaos. And right. you saw in urban areas exactly that happened between kind of the 70s and the 90s. We really liberalized policing. Rent control was instituted, so you had essentially Section 8 housing in the best buildings. And crime went up for 500, 600 percent. Oh, yeah. And then you got the Giuliani's and so on that came in there and toned that down. But now you're, now you're seeing a rise of crime again. Crime's up about 15 percent. 
So obviously during the peak of a high crime cycle, that's when you're going to see most people get the hell out of the city. Right. Yeah, that would make total sense. Um, how much time do you have? Because, I, I, you know, we're, we're, uh, we're at the 15-minute mark. I don't want to keep you too long, but I'd love to talk to you more if you have time. Well, do, I've got do you have a, a class a at 1, so I would have to get, I'd have to get out by, like, 12.55 if that works for you guys. It does indeed. If you don't mind, we'll take a very quick break. Be right back, and we'll do another seven, eight minutes. Is that right? Yeah, sounds good, guys. We'll be right back. More with Will right after this. What are the things you want to avoid when it comes time to sell your home? Hey, it's Tom with my realtor, Chris Lindahl. If you're like most people, it's things like open houses, staging, decluttering, repairs, maintenance, and all the people coming through your house. Hey, Tom, the Guaranteed Offer Program from Chris Lindahl Real Estate was created for people like you so that you can avoid the things that you don't like doing when it comes time to sell your home. We have been presenting offers for homes in most price ranges. Homeowners are loving our guaranteed offer program, especially how much money they are making on their home sale without the inconveniences. So this program is for all price ranges and conditions, including perfectly maintained homes? Most homes do qualify. To see if your home qualifies, go to chrislindahl.com and click Get Offer right now. Will you be the next homeowner to accept an offer from our guaranteed offer program? Find out now. If you qualify, you will get an offer in 48 hours or less, and the best part is you get to pick a closing date that is convenient for you and close in as little as three weeks. Go to chrislindahl.com right now to see if you qualify or call 763-401-SOLD. That is 763-401-SOLD. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry. This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Saber and Bryant, whatever it takes. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, releasing January 28th, next Tuesday, Taboo 10 Facts You Can't Talk About, Will Riley with us, R-E-I-L-L-Y, of course. We've uh, talked to Will before about all these things, and it's wonderful because I have a hard time. Well, I will tell you this, Will, over the, over the 35 years that I've been on the morning show uh, in Minneapolis and St. Paul, because I do tell the truth and I will not lie and I will not suck up to somebody. I just don't do those things. I grew up in the inner city, very, very tough neighborhood. Three of my, my uncles were murdered. I mean, one of them thrown off a building. So I didn't grow up with that white privilege that I love to talk about, even though I'm a white guy, right? But I also never, ever saw the things that these people were talking about. The, the neighborhood in which I grew up, a lot of Catholics, black people, and Jews. That's who were in my, our neighborhood. You know, it was back in the 60s. Um, I'm a few years older than you, Will. Let me just put it that way. So what they do now here in Minnesota is if they don't like something that I say, they will write in a newspaper that I'm racist, homophobic, and sexist. I'm all those things. Of course, I'm none of those things, but they're trying to do as much damage as they possibly can. Have we always been like that in a society? Well, no. We... The idea of political correctness and all this modern whining and complaining is a relatively recent thing, and it's actually a negative side effect of a positive reality, which is that society's gotten a lot better. Um, in the 1960s, even in the North, you didn't have to look too far if you wanted to find real racism. Um, I grew oh, yeah. up in a pretty similar integrated neighborhood. I mean, we had African-Americans, Irishmen, Italians, Hispanics. And, I mean, right. My association with racism would be someone trying to beat you up because of your race. Exactly. But that is dramatically, dramatically less common. I actually wrote an article about this for commentary the other day where I looked at the actual numbers on interracial crime, not the panic on either side, and there's very little. I mean, African Americans make up about 14% of the country, commit 15% of attacks against whites. Whites are even less racist. Whites commit less than 20% of attacks against blacks. Whites make up 60% of the country. So in the absence, I mean, obviously the USA in the North desegregated around 1926, the South 1954. So if you just don't have old school racism, I can't imagine the last time a cross was burnt in Center City, St. Paul. Yeah. Um, what you do is <laughs> Not try to read. I mean, it, it, we're laughing because it's a ridiculous idea. But it's that's what ridiculous. racism is. I mean, racism is the Klan. It's the Muslim Brothers. You have none yep. of that in a typical working class suburban community. 
So mm-hmm. what I think you've seen a lot of on the political left is the redefinition of words like racism. Yep. So when people talk about subtle racism, um, what they're talking about is systems like the SAT that produce slightly different results for different groups. People talk about white privilege, meaning whites are 10% more likely to be upper middle class. People talk about cultural appropriation. You know, my white girlfriend shaved the side of her scalp. It's, we've, remo- we've moved standard deviations in the technical sense away from racism being those guys are chasing me with a stick because I'm Italian. And I think that's good, but we also can't allow the word to be redefined. Racism means what it always did. It means the Klan, so on. The reality is that now there's a lot less racism. We don't need to pretend there's the same amount of racism by changing the definition of the word. This is also true for a ton of other things, by the way. I mean, rape, hate crime. Mm -hmm. I mean, those words have definitions in the law for reasons. And I think that we should be able to say, hey, things are better now. Yeah, one thing people uh, it, and that's, never mention when they talk about hate crimes is that – so when you ask the average person, you know, think of a hate crime. They're going to think of someone beating someone close to death or murdering someone or something like that, you know, setting fire to their house. But the vast, vast majority of hate crimes are like things like intimidation or race-based insults. Actual violent hate crimes are extremely rare in this country, but – they're conflated with everything else. Yeah, that's, that's so that's amazing. An, if, you're, if you quote that point, that's an excellent point. And this is a common statistical trick, by the way. You'll see now that so many people on both political sides have some basic statistical training. People just combine things. Yep. So the National Organization for Women, I mean, my girlfriend's fairly feminist. We got a mailer from them the other day. And she got irritated with me because I broke down one statistic on there. It said last year, something like 1.5 million women were killed, brutally abused, physically abused, or verbally abused by their male partners. (laughs) Yep, there it is. And none of those things are good, but there's a big difference between you yelling at your wife after work and you chasing her around the house with a kitchen knife. Yeah. So... The way you get those statistics is that, you know, 1.4 million of those incidents would be verbal abuse and 50,000 would be physical abuse. And you get over to the far left corner and there may be 500 murders. Oh, yeah. It's not of course. But that, that kind of numbers gaming is really, really common, especially mm-hmm. in this kind of social science space. It's extremely common. Um, I know you have to go in one minute. I wanted to ask you, uh, your book comes out on Tuesday. I'm, I'm sure you're going to be busy as can be, but I would like to book you on the morning show. Like this is the same thing we did basically with hate crime hoax. You, you were on the show first, then came on that show. People loved you on that show. So I'd, lo- I'd really like to book you yeah. again on that show if you have time. Sure. Uh, what, when's a good time for you guys? Uh, I, on the morning show, anytime, basically from, from 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. That's central time. So, yeah, I mean, there's a four-hour stretch, and and basically what we do is is make it fit your schedule. So, you know, it's it's usually like a 10- or 15-minute situation, and and I'd love to have you on talking about it. Okay, so let's see. I've got some radio that day, but this is 10-15. So 8-7 central. So 11 Eastern would be 10 central, right? Uh, Yes. Wait, is it? Yeah, no, it's Eastern one hour. 10 Central. Yeah, so we yeah. said 11 Eastern, 10 Central. Okay, yeah. maybe I misunderstood. Yeah. Indeed. I could do a 9 Eastern, which would be 8 Central, if that works for you guys. And which day would that be? Uh, Tuesday, the 28th. I, although, if it's another day, oh, that would be even Tuesday? better. Like, I mean, I could do pretty much any yeah, time that's in the morning, fine. Monday. All right. That's, uh, yeah, you know, and I have your numbers right here, so what I'll do is uh, mm-hmm. reach out directly to you if that's all, all right. Yeah, that's that's absolutely fine. Uh, but so, w- what time would you prefer to do? I mean, I could do Monday, um, eleven Eastern, ten Central, if that works for you. Actually, I can't. It's, the show ends right at ten Central, so I could do okay. nine thirty um, Central. I could do ten Eastern, nine Central, if that works for you. That works perfectly. As a matter of fact, we'll do that on Monday, and I will, uh, you know, I will, I will make sure that I call and leave a leave a message. You'll you'll be teaching, so I'll call the number and leave. Uh, the number that you need to call if that if that works for you sounds good um what's your email i can just email you and we'll set this up actually 
It is Barnard backwards. It's D-R-A-N-R-A-B, Dranrab at Hotmail.com. It is just Barnard backwards is all it is, like Barnard College backwards, Dranrab at Hotmail.com. D-R-A-N-R-A-B at Hotmail. Okay, I'll uh, shoot you a message and confirm that date after class. But, yeah, I look forward to doing it. I always enjoy talking to you guys. Well, you're you're a hell of a guest, and I couldn't agree with you more. And all the best to you, Will. Thank you for your time today, sir. You too. Thanks, brother. Have a good day. Bye. You too. Bye. Isn't that amazing, Andy, that a man that smart um, understands this is all BS? And he was trying to tell people it's all BS. Mm-hmm. This whole thing that this, oh, the racism is rampant. No, it isn't. That's not racism, as he pointed out. Uh, you know, as he said, nobody's being dragged behind a truck. The last time that happened was that, I think it was Mr. Bird was his name, I think, dragged behind the pickup truck in the deep south. In Minnesota, I, Minnesotans do not even understand what racism is, what sexism is, what homophobia is. They don't even understand the whole, uh, what was the kid's name, Matthew Shepard, I believe, yeah. that was tied to, tied to a fence and beaten to death because he was gay. That's homophobia. You know, joking around, telling some, you know, telling a joke on stage or something. That's not homophobia. It's your job. Settle down. Right? Yeah. Well, people want to fight something. And they if do. there's nothing they to want fight, someone then to they'll to make it up. No, you're right. That's a good point because that's what they want to do is they just – well, do you think, Andy, that it's true that people want to be a victim? Well, yes, I think so. I, I don't think there's any question about that. I want to be a victim. I want to make sure that everybody understands. See, in my brain, because of the way I was raised, I guess, by my mother, the last thing I want to do is ever admit that you made me feel bad. Well, society right? has made victimhood into a position of power. And people want power no matter what. People will do literally anything to get power. And yeah. becoming a victim is right now one of the easiest ways because it means I can speak about a subject and you can't. I have absolute authority over the subject because I'm the victim and you don't, you know. You're not the victim so you don't understand it. So you just have to shut up and let me be the authority figure. Isn't that amazing that people actually believe that? Yes, they certainly do. They do. They they believe that all this hatred exists. And what you're doing, by the way, by by claiming that, you're creating it. You're not making it better. You're making it worse by lying about it. That's what his first book was. It was about hate crime hoaxes. Yes. Hate crime hoax. Uh, yeah, hate crime hoaxes. I didn't even realize he's only he's only thirty five years old. My God, he's. I know he has achieved quite a bit in his life. Don't you think, man? Some people are type A. Yeah, no question about it. So I am not one of them. Indeed, no, you're not. You're definitely not a type A personality. There's not. There's no getting around that. There's no way that you're a type A personality. I love seeing Wilfred Riley's name. Will Riley, uh, Professor Riley from Kentucky State University, a black college. Uh, we need more people like him because I think, and I'm very serious about this, that that people of color, need to, particularly black people, by the way, need to be very careful because if they can find a group that protects them better than you do as a black person, they're going to walk right over you to get there. They're going to throw you aside like there's no tomorrow because that's what they've always done. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much true, isn't it? Uh, so uh, do we have a couple more minutes? Or we? No, we're pretty much done because it's, it's noon, right? Yeah, I'd say so. All right. We'll talk to you next week with the family. <laughs>